Well, I have a confession to make. I don't use my iPad Pro at all like I thought I would. I bought a brand new one in 2020. Thought I would be doing a lot of video editing on it. And to quote Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, I'm trying, Ringo. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard. I'm really, really trying. But I just haven't done it. But now, as of last week, Apple announced the new M1 iPad Pro with Thunderbolt. Should I upgrade? And will that make a difference? Hey guys, Blake Calhoun and another episode of Almost Professional, the podcast about indie filmmaking, DIY filmmaking, mobile filmmaking, really all things filmmaking. And today, talking about the iPad Pro, a device I absolutely love, but really don't use it in the way I intended to. I use it like most people do. I watch movies on it. I do record some audio on it. I surf the web but I don't use it to really make money. And that is what I wanted to do originally when I got it. And so last week when Apple announced the M1 version, I instantly thought, should I upgrade? My other one is only one year old though. So eh, that's a tough one. But the specs of this new device really do intrigue me. And really one main thing, and that is, Thunderbolt. The whole reason that I don't edit with my iPad Pro, well, the main reason really is because I cannot stand having to import footage onto the iPad. I tend to have a lot of footage and media management can be really tricky using LumaFusion. But I've now heard from LumaFusion, I tweeted at them and they replied, they are going to add the ability to edit off of an SSD. Yeah, you heard that right. That will absolutely be a game changer. I don't completely understand it, to be honest, because I always was told and thought that it was an iOS issue. The way Apple handles the files, being able to import and export and edit off of a drive. But evidently, maybe with the new architecture, that's not true anymore. I don't know. Maybe the M1 has something to do with it because I do know that LumaFusion you can now use on an M1 Mac. So that really got me interested and thinking that maybe I will upgrade, even though this one is only a year old. I usually don't update my iPads maybe every three or four years. I've only had two or three in all the years that they've made them and they, they last a long time, they do well. But when you're pushing it for video use, I think there is different abilities to consider. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm running a behind the scenes camera right now, trying something a little bit different. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, then video makes no difference to you. And that's probably where most people listen to this podcast, but I am trying a couple things different. It's on my second YouTube channel, man, nothing fancy. I'm just, I put an Osmo action up and 
kind of a behind the scenes look of me recording this podcast. And so just trying to make it a little more visually interesting. Looking at a audiogram is fine. Most people probably just listen to it in the background anyway, but just trying something different. Anyway, back to the iPad. I am strongly considering getting the new one because of Thunderbolt, but also, and I'm on the Apple website right now, the new display sounds pretty incredible. It's the same as their XDR display, just a smaller version. And so that could make editing, not that editing's bad on this right now. Again, I'm actually looking at my 12.9 inch iPad Pro right now, but the new liquid retina display looks pretty incredible. And in their promotion, and because of Thunderbolt, they're showing it going out to a larger display. Now, I'm afraid that could be misleading because they're using it with LumaFusion, and LumaFusion has had the ability to go out to a display, a full video image for a while now. They've almost implied that you could now send out a full signal to an external monitor just using traditional apps or the desktop even. I don't think that's the case. I think it will still be this weird four by three going out to a display, which is, you know, that is the resolution of the iPad. I wish it would fill the full screen though. That would make editing much easier. And maybe it will, I don't know. Thunderbolt may give it that ability, but that's not the way I'm reading it. But the display itself could actually be used as a monitor, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Maybe connecting it to a traditional camera, or if you're using Filmic Pro, using Filmic Remote, you're able to see some really cool high resolution images on this monitor, HDR. And I know it will play the Dolby Vision that is shot on the iPhone, but to me, that's pretty promising technology. Another reason that I might consider upgrading. I've been considering getting an M1 Mac since they released them. I'm due big time for my laptop mainly. And of course they just announced iMacs. They didn't have the larger computers. I use a 2014 MacBook Pro and it still works great for the editing part. For exporting or rendering, wow, it's slow. I also have a 2017 iMac that is my main editing machine. And that's really what I use. And when I do use LumaFusion on iPad, what I do is I'll do a rough cut, then use their XML export and bring that into Premiere Pro because I edit in Premiere Pro. And I have a conversion utility that will take that XML and convert it to Premiere Pro. Of course, you can go to Final Cut Pro. And then now, of course, you can edit with LumaFusion on the computer if you wanted to. I'm just so used to Premiere Pro. I've used it for years. And so when I'm editing in that app, I don't have to think about editing. And that's really important. I have to think about editing when I'm using LumaFusion. If you're used to LumaFusion, more power to you. And don't get me wrong, I like LumaFusion quite a bit. I am curious of the future of the app though, because I gotta believe that Apple will release a Final Cut Pro version for iPad one day. Not immediately. I mean, they featured LumaFusion prominently in the uh, Apple event. And so they're big believers in LumaFusion. Maybe they'll acquire LumaFusion, I don't know. If Final Cut Pro came to iPad Pro, that would be the end to most Pro apps, I really do believe. The new iPad also has 5G. That doesn't interest me because I do Wi-Fi only. Now, when real 5G comes around, we're still a couple years away, as I understand it. I might consider doing that upgrade, but right now, no. That's, it's really just more for marketing. And this new center stage feature looks interesting. I gotta believe those images were simulated quote unquote, they often say that on Apple commercials, 
because the video quality from the iPad has never been nearly as good. And especially the ultra wide lens has a much slower aperture on the iPhone. And so who knows, maybe that could be enhanced through computational imaging. But I do like this center stage feature that looks like it's panning in camera. It reminds me of the Lumix, the GH5, where it has that auto pan where it basically zooms in within a 4K image to create HD footage. I think that's how it works. That's my understanding. But nonetheless, it could be pretty cool depending on what you're doing. And it's got LiDAR. LiDAR is interesting for the future of depth of field simulation. That's my main interest in it. I think we're a year or two away from that, and that'll probably come to the iPhone first. And then one big question I have about the new iPad as well, I think common sense would dictate that the Magic Keyboard would work, the current one, because that's an expensive accessory, and I do own that. I would hate to have to plop down another 300 bucks or whatever that was for a new one, but it looks like they'll be compatible. They have new colors, though, which is nice. I personally like the darker colors, but they now have a white. Hey, it's future Blake here, and after I recorded this episode, I unfortunately learned that the Magic Keyboard will not work with the new iPad Pro. That is super disappointing, and to me it's a little surprising. It's only a one-year-old product. It still will work with, of course, the 2020 iPad Pro, and I guess the 2018 iPad Pro, but not with the new one. The new one, though, will be backwards compatible which again is kind of, it's good, but it's kind of baffling to me. Very expensive accessory to be more or less obsolete after one year. But I guess sometimes that's what Apple does. I'm not happy about it though. So really for me though, I look at the iPad Pro as a tool for video production. I mean, that's why I can justify the expense. But should I just wait or should I just go with a MacBook Pro instead. And when I say wait, there's been rumors there'd be an M2 chip coming out, and there may very well be later this year or next year, but if you need something now, you might as well just get it now. That's the way I look at it anyway. And now that this has an M1 chip in it, the new iPad Pro, that could be the answer to my problems of using it. This, this Not only the speed in combination with the uh, new Thunderbolt port and the new amazing screen, there's a lot of positives there. Whether or not I would use it though on a regular basis is another question because I do honestly love using my laptop or my iMac. I really do. So what do you think? What would you do? Are you considering the new iPad Pro? If you're a filmmaker, I would say it's getting closer and closer to being a laptop replacement. I don't think it's there yet. There's still some unknowns with Thunderbolt for me anyway. Will it go out to a full display? Will it allow natively you to edit off an external hard drive? Again, as I mentioned, LumaFusion claims that's coming in their app. I assume if they can do it, it'll happen in other apps too. This iPad that I have right here in front of me from 2020 is blazing fast. Will the M1 for what I do, mainly video editing and audio editing, audio recording, Will it make that much of a difference? Is it worth it to upgrade to that? I don't know. It is tempting. It is very tempting. My gut feeling says that if you're due for an upgrade, definitely go for it. If you're like me and your machine is only a year old, probably not worth it. Depends on what you're doing. 
if I wasn't a filmmaker and if I didn't have a YouTube channel dedicated to mobile filmmaking, I probably wouldn't upgrade. But because I am all those things and I do have my various channels, I'll potentially go ahead and do it and I'll give this iPad to my wife. <laughs> she will, she'll like that. And I guess I could make it like an early Christmas present or something. I don't know. April 30th is when you can pre-order this. We'll see if I do it. I'll let you know. You'll know actually, if you follow me on Twitter or YouTube or my other various social media channels, I am strongly considering it. Again, when I heard Thunderbolt, by the way, my previous episode, my podcast episode, where I interviewed Chris Cohen, I mentioned the Thunderbolt aspect and he acted all surprised, although I thought it felt like some really bad acting. <laughs> I told him afterwards, I was like, you knew, man, you knew. And he did know. He obviously couldn't share that with me, but he's not a good poker player. <laughs> he would be a good guy to play poker against because his bluffing was not very good. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the iPhone 13. He and I talked about that, whether it gets a Thunderbolt port or USB-C, a pro version of the phone, that will be very interesting. And for me, very important. That would open up a lot of avenues to connect the Ninja to your phone. But that's a whole nother topic for a different episode. Right now, I'm really debating if I upgrade, will I use the iPad Pro more? I thought I would with this 2020 version, and I really haven't. As much as I love it, I haven't used it on a regular basis for productive type work, editing, audio recording, etc. I mainly use it as an entertainment device and the occasional production device. So we'll see what I do on April 30th. Well, my plan is to start doing more podcasts. I've been doing them about once a month. I'm going to try doing them twice a month and when news breaks like this, I might I might jump on in and get one out to the world. I really like these podcasts and the more I do them, the more I really enjoy the process of these because I can do more or less little commentaries and I'm going to continue to have guests on the show, but I really like doing these commentaries and I hope you guys like them too. And just one quick note to remind you that I do have mobile filmmaking courses. And so if you're new to working with an iPad or working with an iPhone, or you're interested in that, definitely check out my academy on my website at ifilmmakers.tv. I'll put a link in the show notes of this episode. And that reminds me with this new iPad, and especially if LumaFusion adds the ability to edit off an SSD, I'll be upgrading my LumaFusion course. I have a course on color grading. I also have a course on Filmic Pro, a course on smartphone cinematography, and a new course on recording great sound with your smartphone. It's more or less a smartphone audio course 101. So again, definitely check those out. It's a good way to support what I do. And of course, it's a great way for you to learn new tech and just a new way of working, especially if you're new to mobile video and mobile filmmaking. Well, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Almost Professional. I'm your host, Blake Calhoun, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.